When I was young I went hunting small game with my brother and father. My brother was behind my father and I in a ranger, 4x4 vehicle for those that don't know. My father stopped us and told both of us if we see a bear we are going to go slowly back to the ranger. Well just by chance at that moment my brother's eyes got real huge and he said dad there's a bear. My father reasonably assumes he was joking and brushed him off. We both turn around to see a massive Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's a black bear standing on its hind legs just sniffing the air. We slowly back up to the ranger as planned and get in. My father turns the key and the ranger has stalled. We found out later that that model of ranger sometimes has problems with the carburetor. So then my father gets out and goes to take a warning shot to try to scare this bear away. He pulls the trigger and we just hear a click. The fun jammed. We are all freaking out by now at how absurd our situation is. We sat in the ranger for what felt like an eternity before the bear finally sauntered off. We called someone to Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too. 
like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Pick us up and got out of there. I definitely learned that the woods weren't for me after that. That many things going wrong at one moment just has to be a sign. Hunting deer one time with a friend, long before GPS, we were deep in state game lands far away from any road or paths, bushwhacking our way on foot to an even more remote area we knew was not hunted over. Just at dawn we came upon what appeared to be a makeshift altar in a stand of hemlocks. Rock cairn, candles, odd symbols drawn in red paint on the trunks of the trees. And a dead cat, strung up by its tail in the middle of it all fairly fresh, and by all appearances, strung up while still alive. Glad I had a gun with me. Had a buddy who won't go hunting anymore. Was sitting on stand, basically leaning against the bottom of a huge pine tree along a game trail. Well about an hour and what he described in an explosion knocked him over, said he thought he was hit by a baseball bat. He gets up walks around to the back side of the tree and sees a bullet hole in it turns and looks around and hears a distant guy yell. Sorry? He noped the hell out of there double time, never went back since. My hunting group had some downtime during the afternoon of our moose hunt so we decided to go explore on the four-wheelers. We were riding any random trails and roads we found with no worry of crossing into private land as the whole area was crown land, public. As we are heading down one trail we see a very decrepit plywood shack just off to the side. I thought it was a weird place for a shack but wrote it off as an old hunt cabin. Not far down the trail we pop into a small clearing all of a sudden and are greeted by about 15 more small buildings all built with rotten plywood and random junk. Every building had at least one set of eyes peering out at us through windows and doors. Women, children, and men. All the most unclean and unkempt people you can imagine. It was like we had just driven into a scene from the hills have eyes. We turned our four-wheelers around as fast as any four-wheeler is capable of turning and hightailed it out of there. None of us stopped until we were well away from the place. It was a very creepy thing to see. I used to hunt in a western Massachusetts and had a trail that was the best for any hunting. It was my go-to. Deer, turkey, hog, you name it. One afternoon during deer season, 
I decide to go further down the trail than I normally do. As I get further down, I start to feel like I'm being followed. I chalk it up to just being alone in the woods and letting my mind play tricks on me. Finally, I find the spot I want to hook my climber to. So I make my way through some pretty thick brush and get to the tree. I hook up and climb and get comfortable. About 15 minutes later, I hear whispering. It's so faint I can't make out what is being said. Then I hear footsteps so I get as still as I can be. When I hunt in a climber I like to camo the F up so I'm covered from head to toe. Then I start to hear the voices getting closer and I can make out what's being said. It's toe guys talking and saying did you see where he went? And then another voice responds and says just keep looking and be ready. They finally come into my field of vision and it's actually a group of six guys. All armed but dressed in regular clothes, clearly not out to hunting. Luckily, they have no idea I'm in a climber and they aren't looking in the trees. They don't say anything else but continue down the trail looking around and pointing their guns like they're ready to shoot the first thing they see. I don't know what their plan was but I got the F out of there before I could find out. And I started hunting in a different part of that state after that. When I was around 17 to 18, some friends invited me to a hunting slash fishing slash camping kind of thing. I rarely went so far north in my country so I agreed despite not having anything to do with this kind of stuff. I feel like I have to say I'm from Moldova, Eastern Europe. Those woods connect with Romania and Ukraine, at least they did back in the day, I'm 28 now. A huge forest, even experienced hunters get lost sometimes. I also have to add that our hunters don't have trails made specifically for them. No trail, no camps made for tourists or hunters, not nothing. It's pure mother nature and you. We do have tourist spots but they never go really far. We must have walked two to three hours before we even found the spot. We camped there and after a while, we went deeper. After four hours we picked up signs that there is a boar somewhere. We went after it and even split when someone saw fox signs around. I went with three others after the fox. We went towards and I even saw from afar but something scared it and it went in a different location very fast. We also noticed some movement. The location is higher than us and for some reason, we decided to go there. At first, we thought it's other hunters but soon enough we understood it's something else. We found the spot but no one was there, blood all over the place. I never thought things like that happen in real life. 5 meters around splashes of blood. Some stains even led further from the spot. I was enchanted by it and wanted to go after it, but then my friend stopped me. The most experienced one said to go back slowly and he even took his gun in his hand, he usually kept it at his thigh. Not the hunting rifle. I got scared very fast, because obviously, it was not right. But that was nothing because then I saw a human hand ripped in pieces, mauled by big teeth. I noticed how my friend would look around and knowing him I knew someone is watching. We went back very fast and the guys circled me for protection. I think the fact that my badass friends were so protective of me raised the biggest red flags for me because they're usually not this way. We tried to call the others but no signal and one of my friends made a fire with smoke. One hour passed and nothing. 
I knew they had to fire a couple of times in the air to signal them but somehow they were afraid to do it because according to my friend someone else could know where we are. Another friend replied, too late for that, they are close. At this point, I started to laugh because I thought they are pranking me until I heard something in the direction where we came from. They never explained anything to me but from what I understood when they talked to each other, there was this vicious and smart pack of wolves that come from the mountains. Either Romania or Ukraine. Deforestation is a real problem in those countries, especially Romania so many wild animals that disappeared in our country started to appear recently. They encountered this pack a while ago but thought they went back or scared them off but apparently, they came back to the place where my friends usually gathered. The thing is, they're not afraid of firearms like common wolves in my country are. So, basically, we couldn't reach our friends and according to the friends I was with, the pack went after them after tracking us. This is still illogical to me but it was logically for them so who am I to question them? This pack also attacks people, hungry or not and even hunt people much more often than other animals. Last time they met the pack, they went after them for 50 kilometers until they reached their destination near water. They used their firearms on them but nothing helped. Two of my friends decided to go after the others and warn them about the pack. Me and the friend that stayed, left almost everything in the camp and basically went back home. My two friends also took a bare minimum and ran. It was midnight and still, no sign of my friends, not even a signal. The friend that was with me couldn't handle the pressure and equipped himself with grenades and army clothes and went to the camp in case if any of them came back. Later that night I saw his signaling fire at the camp. I tried to stay occupied and started to clean up when I hear howling, very close. I looked at the window that faces the forest and nothing, then after the 2D howling, I realized they're near the house. Somehow they managed to jump the fence and they actually circled the house, they were walking in the circle. Someone called and I have to say, I was never so scared and happy in my entire life. Scared because I jumped when it rang. One of my friends were practically screaming in the phone to go in the basement and release the puppy. To say that I'm shocked is to say nothing. I couldn't understand a lot of things he said, because the signal was bad, also because he was screaming, they knew the pack is at the house and they were coming but for some reason. I had to go in the basement to get some puppy. Honestly, I think, subconsciously I knew what was going on but at the time I was too scared to think. I found a baby wolf in the basement. My genius friends thought it's a good idea to bring in their house the baby of the wolf pack that killed people. I was never more angry at them than that time. And they have done stupid things before. The problem was that if I opened the door at the basement to release the puppy, the wolves could get me. So I decided to take it to the second floor, and put in a basket or SMTH and gently put it on the ground with a rope. I found everything I needed when I heard scratches on the door, the wolf mama wanted to get in and honestly if she knew how old the house is, she would just probably put her weight on the door and then she would easily come inside. I went to the balcony and slowly started to get the basket down. The wolves were there looking at me and all my moves. The she-wolf was easy to spot, she ran towards the puppy. I have to say the reunion was touching but the wolves were only happy for 5 seconds, one of them even tried to jump at me. 
I was hypnotized. I watched them take the puppy and going where they came from. The she-wolf took the puppy in the teeth and jumped the fence. The rest of them jumped too, except one. He must have been the oldest, he had very smart eyes. He looked at me for a long time before he jumped too. I was scared and fascinated and a couple of times when he went into the forest, he would look back and honestly it was the greatest thing ever. My friends came back a couple of hours after that, worried about me but I told everything and they were also shocked to hear about the behavior of these wolves, except one, the brother of the thief who took the puppy. He punched him right in the jaw and broke it. They didn't speak a couple of years after that. In the forest, they barely survived the pack. The only thing that saved them was the smelly bomb the brother had, not before he was bitten a couple of times. Other friends were attacked too until the two friends that were with me came to their rescue with fire. I know the story is incredible and many will say it's fake but god damn it it's the best story of my life, and I don't care if people believe me. No one can take that from me. Also, I think since I don't know the whole story in many details, the story seems unreal but I bet if one of my friends would tell it would seem more real. My grandfather told me this story once while he was turkey hunting. He was out in the woods at about 6.45 am right at daybreak and he just sat down when he hears something rustling in the leaves. It was raining a little that morning making it slightly hard to see but he spots a man not too far from him walking in the woods wearing a raincoat and holding a shovel in one hand and dragging a big trash bag in the other just walking by. My grandfather said he got up and left slowly without him hearing and never went hunting in those woods again. I have been an archery hunter for 20 plus years. We usually go into the woods a couple of hours before sunrise and put up our portable tree stands and wait for first light. We had scattered a new site and marked stand trees with reflective markers since we usually hunted the morning hunt. I remember finding the half-buried foundation of an old house, made from blue stone and mortar. I guessed it to be mid to lower 1800s. There were signs of a barn and an old apple tree was still putting out wormy fruit. You could tell this had been a small farm. We gave ourselves extra time to get to our spot, but we got there earlier than we thought, about three hours. I put up my stand and sat in the mid-October coolness of the night, listening to the night sounds of the woods. I know the death scream of rabbits, I know the lonely calls of feral dogs and coyotes. I have heard most everything in the woods at night that swims flies or goes on four feet. I remember getting this slow unease creeping upon me, my sweat ran cold down my spine and I began to look around, trying to identify what was making me tense. My mind began to put form and shapes to every tree and clump of bushes, my heart rose into my throat. There were no animal sounds, the night was so still, and then the half moon came from behind the clouds. The sound started immediately. Behind my stand about 20 yards out, it sounded like screams, but not ripped from anything human. It slowly moved through the woods, but not crashing or breaking sticks or rustling the leaves. The scream slowly moved around me coming from ground level, but nothing was visible, always just out of sight or invisible. I was terrified to the point I could not move. 
I wanted to get down out of that stand and run away, anywhere but there, it was driving me mad I had to get away, I wanted to jump the 20 feet to the ground and risk a broken leg just to get as far from it as I could. The scream continued, it seemed forever, slowly half circumventing the small clearing I had my stand in. Rising and falling, sometimes choking off then resuming a second later. It moved slowly down the hill towards my brother's stand, not abating or ceasing. There were no sounds other than the screaming, no sounds of struggle. Just the unbelievably loud screams of terror and torment. I heard it go down into the hollow where my brother was, then up the far side of the gully and up the mountain, then fade away to nothing. When the sounds ended I realized that two hours had passed, and it was coming up to shooting hours, I could move again but I was shaking. I opened my water bottle and drank some water nearly choking on it. I waited, trying to calm down. Finally I was calm enough to get down out of the stand tree, I waited with my gear, ready to bolt. My brother came up from the bottom just as I was finishing. The sun was just poking over the horizon, it was still prime hunting hours but he had heard it too. What the hell was that? He asked me, I do not know and I am not hanging around to find out I hefted the stand to my shoulder and started up the deer path that ran behind my stand tree. I told my brother it started just over there. That's when we noticed the three headstones from the farmer's family plot. We never hunted there again. I was all cuddled up and cozy in a deer stand by 5 a.m. one morning, December 2014 in Northwest Ohio. I was with my grandfather, and this is a yearly tradition of ours. We knew we wouldn't be able to see anything for another hour or two, but we decided to get out before the sun rise. We enjoyed the quiet forest until the sun rose about two hours later, and we could begin to see far enough for a decent shot. Thanks to the fact that we got out there early, the ground 30 feet below us was littered with animals who didn't know we were there. We saw some foxes, some black bears, even some deer, although not worthy of a shot according to Gramps. None of these animals knew of our presence, except one foul creature that haunts me to this day. We saw the dog-looking creature, it was probably some sort of sick coyote, slowly limp its way over the hill right towards us. From afar I thought it was a wolf trying to sneak up on something, it was pretty big, and was walking slowly. It walked right underneath our stand and then looked at us. What was terrible about this thing was that it was hairless, had a mentally unstable psychotic look in its eyes, and limped for a good three minutes over the hill just to get underneath us and look up at us. Its large tongue hung out from its noticeably large teeth. It was sickly and hairless yet muscular and bony. Eventually it walked away, but holy shit something about this animal sent shivers down my spine. I asked my grandpa what he thought about it and he said, I don't think about things like that. Gee, thanks Gramps, I'll just bottle it up and hope I don't run into that thing ever again. My father and AI and a friend went to Alabama to hunt. We were staying in an old house that still had electricity and water and a fireplace for heat just your typical old southern farmhouse. 
The folks who owned it were also friends of the family and as we were sitting around on the first night they were telling us about where we would be hunting the next morning and just shooting the breeze when one of the other folks there told the fella that invited us that he ought to tells us about old Will. He proceeds to tell us that this guy named Will had lived in the house for years and had died there and was buried nearby but the thing was he said that old Will still liked to come by and sleep in his old bedroom so if we heard anything during the night not to worry it was just Will turning in for the evening well we had a good laugh at that and said we would look out for him and went on to the house. When we got there we all slept in the same room my father slept in the floor next to the fireplace and me and the other fella slept on the bed well along about 11.30 or so we heard a noise on the front porch and the first thing we thought of was that the people we were hunting with were trying to scare us so we thought we would get them instead so we just waited for them to bang on the wall or something so we could jump back at them and scare them first but all of a sudden we heard footsteps across the front porch and then the screen door open and then the front door the thing is I know for a fact that the front door was locked with a barrel bolt from the inside because I had locked it myself. At that time I looked over to see if maybe my daddy had gotten up and we didn't know about it, but he was laying right there in front of the fireplace sound asleep well we were kind of worried about this time and then we were both looking at the door to the bedroom and as clear as day we heard the door to the room open but the door never moved. Then we could hear footsteps across the floor and then the bed sagged down by the foot like somebody had sat down then we heard what sounded like a shoe hitting the floor and then the other shoe and then it was like somebody had scooted up onto the bed and it sagged as though someone had laid down and then, the bed raised like a weight had been picked up off of the mattress and then it was all over. Everything went back to normal and we just looked at each other and got up out of the bed and put our sleeping bags in the floor next to the fireplace and we left old Will to his bed for the rest of the hunting trip. As a hunter I do enjoy telling my stories fully. I'm a 22 year old archery hunter that lives in and hunts Nevada. I still hunt to this day. But this is something that definitely shook me up back in the summer of 2017. I was mule deer hunting and after a long hot summer day of hiking and searching, I had finally spotted some deer across the canyon that had bedded down under the shade of a thick mahogany tree patch on top of the opposite mountains from me. The sun was setting and since I lacked the time to make a multiple hour sneak, I decided I would return to camp and hike up early the next morning while it was still dark so I could have a good chance at spotting them going down to water at first light. At about 3 am, completely dark still, I headed out of camp and up into the darkness with my bow and pack. At first the ascent up the mountainside was wide open sage country and was somewhat lit by a full moon and an incredible showing of stars, so I opted to not turn on my headlamp and to walk amongst the stars. Once I had gotten to the ridge line I was faced with a thick row of mahogany trees that followed the whole ridge up to the peak. The transition from vast, open, starlit, sage-covered mountainside to the enclosed mahogany canopy was like entering another world. Anyone who's been in a thick mahogany or aspen patch knows how. Confined it can feel. It was already dark, but it was another level of dark and quiet under the thick mahogany canopy. I turned on the headlamp and ventured into the thick mahogany patch. A nighttime hike like this was nothing new for me but after about the first half mile in that confined, dark, completely quiet, mahogany jungle something just felt. Wrong, 
the type of wrong that makes neck hairs stand up and sends tingles through your body. I nervously covered the next few miles with only a few breaks. About half an hour before sunrise I made it the spot, sat down in the darkness and waited quietly with my binoculars for the sun to rise. The sun rose, and the deer were nowhere to be found. It was a disappointing morning sitting on the mountaintop looking through my binoculars for the deer to no avail. At about noon I decided it was time to head back to camp and regroup. I started back into the mahoganies to find my tracks to follow back to camp. As soon as I found my tracks I noticed something that made my blood run cold. Alongside, and even inside my boot prints. Massive mountain lion tracks. The mountain lion tracks ran the entire length of my three-mile nighttime hike I had done just a few hours before. The lion tracks even circled and paced around the spots I had taken my breaks at. Less than 10 yards away from where I would have been resting. I had been stalked in complete darkness for more than two hours, and the entirety of three miles by a 200-plus pound predator that can crush my skull with a single bite, all without having the slightest clue it was there. I'm from western Pennsylvania and I was hunting the second archery season. I was hunting in the evening and I stayed in the woods a little longer than I should have, because the deer activity was pretty great that evening, there was just a lot of them moving around all afternoon. It was pretty dark when I started climbing down out of my tree stand. I was probably three rungs of the ladder from the ground when I heard a scream. It was a sound that you would expect if a woman was being murdered. I'm sure my eyes were as wide as they had ever been. I froze for a second or two, shrugged it off, finished my decent and starting untying my bow from the droplin when I heard it again, but much closer than earlier. Needless to say it was a very expedited hike out of that woods that night. The worst part was I seemed to never get more distance between myself and the sound. Like it was chasing me. I was the only person staying at camp that week. And I was so glad to open the door and close up behind me. And lock it. That freaked me out so bad I couldn't relax so I packed up everything, threw it in my jeep and headed home. This was on our hunting property, but not hunting this particular time. My cousin and I were riding our four-wheelers and it was maybe 10 at night, in the southeastern US. We are maybe 14 at the time. We stopped on the back side of the property for a few minutes talking. We had stopped in a food plot that's on the edge of the property, but this is very rural with no houses for miles. Our property was pine saplings and the adjoining property was hardwood forest. All of a sudden we hear something coming through the woods that sounds like it's knocking trees over. I'm getting goosebumps as I think about it typing this. No idea what I was as we fired up the four-wheelers and GTFO if there. While running wide open down a row of saplings a deer ran across in front of me that I nearly hit. Whole new meaning to pucker factor right there. Another story that was one of the members of this club. On the back side of the property the adjoining land had been clear cut. There was a hill in the side closest to our property and it was maybe 400 yards across to the wood line. One morning this member was sitting on top of this hill before daylight when he said he saw something come out on the right of the clearing about 300 yards out. 
He looks through his scope and it's a white ghostly figure moving across the clearing. Although there are trees and stumps, it never goes up and or down. He waited for it to hit the woods on the other side and he get the F out of there. Thing is, this guy was a good friend of my dad and was one of the toughest men I've ever met. Just a hard good old country boy. Yet when he told us the story he was scared as shit. Had never seen him react to anything like that. I was hunting at the edge of a field in eastern North Carolina one day, middle of the afternoon, like 3 o'clock. Scanning the back edge of the field with my binos, about 100 to 150 yards away. There was a storm coming so we had assumed maybe the deer would move early that day. While I'm scanning and I see something long and dark swinging from a tree. I think it may be a piece of trash blown in from wind, so I look at it for maybe 10 seconds before I switch to my rifle and I crank the zoom all the way in and look, and I can only assume what I saw was a black panther, but I only got to look at it for about 4 seconds before a loud 18-wheeler drives by, parallel to the direction I'm looking, and it hops down and vanishes in the brush. I get the F on up out of there, get in my truck and call the game warden. They tell me there's no panthers in eastern North Carolina, and no one comes to look for tracks. I call my buddy, and he gets out of his spot and drives to me. We go under the tree where I saw it, and we could see some disturbed leaves, but no discernible tracks. Another story, same spot, but duck hunting in a swamp in the woods right down the hill from my first story. Me and my buddies are sitting there, chit-chatting, waiting for the sun to come up, and we hear this blood-curdling woman scream. We all freeze in our waders and listen. Nothing. This happened the winter following the fall deer season where I saw the panther before. We ponder what in the actual F it could have been. We call out, yell in fact to see if anyone's there, no response. Once we get out by 8 to 9 or so and go home, I look up to see what a panther cry sounds like. A blood-curdling woman's scream is a common description of it. A third and final I've remembered for tonight. Not while hunting, but on the way to go hunting. Me and my buddies are convoying to go hunt Gull Rock game lands in Northeast NC. We stayed at my granny's in Columbia. We're cooking it down the highway going 55 to 60, when all of a sudden two big gray red blurs emerge from the woods, run alongside me and my friend's truck for a couple seconds, then dart back into the woods. My friend riding with me saw it. We were 17 to 18 at the time, and had CB radios in our trucks for deer hunting with dogs for quick and easy communication. I call over if anyone else had seen the aforementioned shapes, and the guy behind me did, one in front did not. We've come to determine that they were the very endangered red wolves that were reintroduced up there. My family used to go huckleberry picking up in the mountains in the late 80s early 90s. My family was up a mountain in Washington along with some extended family members picking away when they heard screaming out in the woods. Now, my father has always always been a hunter and has lived through and seen a lot, including facing death more than once. Well, he decided to go check it out and told the family to stay put. He grabs his 30 to 06 and goes towards the, the screaming. After an hour or so, 
He walks back to the picking area, face completely white, from what my siblings said. We're Asian, hardworking kind, so white is not a color for us to easy produce on our skin cause we're slightly tan. The only thing my father says is to pack up, we're leaving. That was it. No one said anything, everyone packed up and left. My father never mentioned what he saw or talked about it and he and my family never went back there. We stopped picking completely. What I find scary is he still went out hunting deep in the woods, but never ever to that area and never allowed my brothers to go there as well. My people are shamanistic slash animistic people, so he definitely saw something, just not sure what and what could ever make him that afraid. I've seen the supposedly extinct eastern cougar here in Nova Scotia plain as day on a hike once. Me and my uncle were on a simple hike, around 6 kilometers I think and about halfway thought the trail opens up onto a little sort of lake in the middle of the woods far enough away from the main road to have no noise so we Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns sit down on the shore and are taking a drink and just chilling. We see movement and hear something across the lake so we're staring over and see brownish fur break through the brush and we think it's a deer at first but after watching it for a bit we realize it isn't a deer and looks exactly like a big cat. Now lynx are very common around here and this was massive compared to a lynx and looked just like a lion. He didn't stay long and didn't really pay much attention to use as we were across the water but it was amazing to see such an elusive controversial animal for myself. Every couple of years there's sightings of paw prints in the mud around here and always causes a big stir up. I was hunting in Northeast Ohio a couple years ago when I was in high school. By what I saw via my trail cams, I knew a couple of bucks were taking a trail in the evening near a pass out in the middle of nowhere to get back to their bedding areas. I brought my climber and went and set up shop along the trail. After a long stint of silence, I began to hear something huge pushing through the brush ahead of me, coming quickly, much too loud and sporadic to be a deer. I began to worry as I heard rumors of bears making their way through my area earlier in the season. What I saw was much worse. A cow came bursting out of the thicket, charred over its entire body. I could see skin hanging from it, burnt to a crisp. It was making the most terrible noises of pain, I felt terribly ill hearing it. It turns out a local farmer's barn caught fire and burned all of his animals alive. 
he was able to release some of them but they ran off, scattering in the nearby woods. It took them a few days to hunt them down and put them put of their misery. I still get sick thinking about it. When I was about 14, my dad took my younger brother and me hunting. I hopped up on log and settled in while my dad went to get my brother settled in the tree stand. A couple hours pass and my dad decides to come check on me. He gets about three feet from the log and turns white. Don't move a muscle, he whispered as he pointed his rifle right at me. I closed my eyes until after the gunshot. My dad scrambled up the log and gave me a fierce hug. He then helped me down so I could see the six-foot-long rattlesnake laying about three inches from where my feet had been. I had actually heard it rattle several times but thought it was just some crickets or locust. When my dad had approached the log the snake was rattling and preparing to strike me. I still have his tail. I used to hunt as a kid with my uncle and grandpa. The first time I killed a deer, I was alone, covering my side of the mountain while they ran the deer towards me. I shot a buck right in the side, but he was just a button buck, only nubs for horns. I thought it was a doe so that's why I shot it. I was so excited. Right up until I walked up to the deer and it was gasping for air. I shot it in the lung, it was horrible. I felt awful, I cried, I didn't know what I had just done. When my uncle found me like 45 minutes later me sitting next to the deer I just killed, he was so excited, but he could tell I wasn't. We dragged it out of the woods, butchered it up that night and made burgers. I couldn't finish mine, just didn't feel right. Never went hunting again, I was 15 or 16 at the time so I was old enough to understand what was going on. Anytime anyone talks about hunting I think back to that morning. I have no problem with people hunting, by all means. But I could never go again. I was walking down this old overgrown road, just after sunset. I was hunting with my dad, but he was like a couple hours up the trail besides me. Because the area we were hunting in is known for cougars I was carrying a pistol along with my .300 Savage hunting rifle. We were blacktail deer hunting. Anyways, along the way up I got this really spooky feeling. I picked up my pace, and grabbed my flashlight out of my backpack. I kept on walking. Then after a good 20 minutes of walking I unchamber my rifle and sling it so it's easier to carry because it's been 30 minutes past sunset. I'm still walking, I got like a mile left on the trail. That spooky feeling just keeps on getting more intense. I start picking up my pace. Eventually I hear a loud stick break, to my left behind me, up on top of the hill turn around and shine my light and see it for a second and I swear it looked like a cougar so I got out my pistol and loaded the chamber. I shouted loudly at it to try to scare it off, seemed like it worked. I put the safety back on and holstered the weapon. I start jogging, only like one quarter mile left. Then like 100 feet before I get to the end of a road a jackrabbit hops out and starts flying my way. Me being spooked as shit I pulled my pistol and shot at it twice. I hit it once and it went down. As it's clearly dead I run the truck, 
where my father is waiting, as he's scrambling to grab his rifle to see what the F happened. As I run up to him he asks what the F was that and I tell him. He then tells me to calm down, and helps me take off my backpack. After 10 minutes or so we go back to go collect the rabbit, but it's missing. I see the pool of blood where it died, right next to some cougar tracks. We don't hunt there anymore. My brother and I are avid hunters and backpackers and between the two of us we've covered a lot of ground. I personally have never found, seen or been in a strange situation, other than the feeling of being watched. Anyways, my brother was backpacking in the Tetons or Glacier, I can't remember which, with his then girlfriend. They were at a designated campsite one or two days down the trail they were hiking. They didn't see anybody when they arrived or later that night. They had turned in for the night and were both laying in tent talking. At this point my brother had to get up and find the designated toilet for number twos which was probably a little over and one-eighth of a mile down a trail from where they had set up camp. Using a headlamp he made his way down the trail and found said toilet. Finished, he started to make his way back to his camp. He noticed strange tracks on the trail that he said were definitely not there on the way to the toilet. With a headlamp on your view is usually fixed on the ground when you're walking, so I doubt he would have missed them. The other tracks were also on top of his tracks that were heading to John. The strange part is that these tracks were human handprints. No other markings on the ground other than his boot prints and these handprints leading down the trail almost the entire way to his camp. Then he said they just stopped. He, and his GF hurt absolutely nothing. Needless to say neither of them slept much that night. They never saw anybody at the campsite, even after leaving in the morning. This story is completely true and if anybody wants more details I'll be happy to ask him tomorrow. Sorry for making it so long. When I was a kid, went mushroom hunting in the nearby woods, Eastern Europe, with my mom and three other kids, ages 6 to 10. Everything went well, we all filled our baskets with mushies, it was getting dark by then. Suddenly my mother gathered us all together, told us to stay very close to each other, shut up and gingerly started walking back towards the main road. She kept looking behind her and we all sensed her nervousness. My mom kept telling us to keep walking, fast, huddle together and don't look back. I must have been around six then. I was getting getting freaked out and my sister started crying. I had to look back. There was a gnarly looking, giant grey dog, following us about 200 paces behind, walking slowly with a gait. It struck me how a shoulder blade silhouetted against the setting sun, it didn't look like any dog I've seen before. After about half an hour of this we found the path. The dog followed us for another 10 minutes on the road, until eventually he stopped. Last I remember was a dark shadow, in the dusk, standing still in the middle of the road, watching us as we kept walking. Yes, it was a wolf stalking us. One of the four kids would have made a good meal I bet if it wasn't for my mom who kept us safe and lead us out of the woods. My dad told me a story once. He was out hunting for a few hours. He had stopped to skin what he had shot. 
3 in the morning at least 4 hours from the closest town. Sitting there skinning, he hears this don't shoot me this man walked out of the darkness muddy and tired. Turns out he had broken down on the highway and had been following the light from the car for hours laying down in the grass whenever the car stopped so he wouldn't get shot. Ended up giving him a lift back to his car giving it a jump start and he went on his way. Another time out hunting with my dad on a friend's sheep farm we spotted a car that wasn't supposed to be there. Watched them for a bit they drove into a herd of sheep. Stopped then left. Turns out they were out stealing sheep herd gunshots saw us and drove off. When the owner of the farm finally spoke to them and got reimbursed for the stolen sheep he told them if they see you again you're likely to get shot. They never came back. I haven't gone hunting in about 5 years, so when I was about 15, Mostly because I don't have the time or the means to get a buck out if I get one. I drive a Honda Civic, but the last time I went also plays a tiny factor into why I'm hesitant to go anywhere. My ex stepgrandfather has been hunting since childhood and knows everyone in his community, as the elders usually do, and is allowed to hunt on various properties, most of them connected. So we were allowed on hundreds of acres of property in NWPA. I went with my father, grandfather, and uncles to a property that he was allowed to hunt on, and we all started walking around to go to various stands. After a few hours of absolute nothing, we all met up and drove to the other side of the property and decided to push, as most of our asses were sore and we felt like walking. So we do some push, kick up nothing, and decide to try one more time at a different property down the road, connected to the one we were on. We park, walk through the woods a little ways, and come to a clearing. This clearing was a large rectangle, about a quarter of an acre, enclosed by woods on three sides with a paved road, rare for the area. Thanks, Pen dot, at the open side. The clearing also happens to be a gradual hill, sloping down towards the road. On the other side of the road was a cabin. This plays a big part in what happens next. Just hang on. For mental imaging purposes, I'll say the road is at the north end of the clearing. The woods are at the west, south, and east. We decided to split up in pairs. One uncle left and have one pair wait just inside the woods while the other pair pushed. My dad and I waited just inside the woods on the west side facing east, while my uncle and grandfather went to the back of the woods and pushed forward from south to north. After about a half hour of them walking through and pushing, they failed to kick anything up, and we all started walking towards each other to regroup and see what we were going to do. Then I heard a sound that reminded me of a laser, almost like what movies and TV make them out to sound like. That unmistakable cross between a zip and a zoom, a nyam, if you will. Now I had never heard this sound before, but I did hear the next sound. the boom of a gunshot i've heard it countless times before and i'm very familiar with it so i instantly knew the sound that preceded the gunshot was the sound of a bullet whizzing by my head close enough to hear it so we all looked to the north to see a small group of doe running from west to east full on sprint across the road are two hunters sitting on the porch rifles resting on the deck railing wearing full orange just popping off shots 
I already had my rifle slung across my shoulder, REM 770.308, love this thing, and I just started running for the woods to the west, where my dad and I had previously been sitting, but as I got closer to him, he just looked like a statue. No movement, 1000 yard stare, he was just in absolute shock. I tackle him to the ground, here another bullet was probably inches from my head, and can see it explode on a boulder maybe 15 feet to my left. Full on panic mode at this point. My dad drops his rifle, kinda comes too, but I'm already dragging him by his collar at this point as fast as humanly possible. Both of us jump to our feet and sprint back into the woods. Third shit rings out, and it's the last we hear from these guys. Now, chastise me if you must, but I took up aim to see who the F was just shooting at me. No, I didn't have a round in the chamber, I don't pull the bolt until I have something in my crosshairs, I'm not gonna be the guy that drops his rifle and has an accidental discharge. Highly irresponsible. Plus, I had already ejected my mag at this point. But I'm looking through the scope and can clearly see two middle-aged guys wearing full orange coveralls, sitting in lawn chairs on the front porch of their cabin, rifles pointed towards us. Additionally, there's about seven cans on the ground, two on the railing, and cooler between them. I'm glad as hell I wasn't chambered cause I was damn tempted to pick off one of the bud lights on the railing. So to recap, let's count the concerns that we inform the game wardens of, hmm? Intoxicated, shooting within 500 feet of an occupied dwelling, shooting within 500 feet of a road, neither one had doe tags, shooting across a road, shooting up a hill populated by four hunters wearing orange, positively identify your targets and beyond, I don't remember the outcome of this, but I know my uncle and grandfather were on the phone with the game warden within a matter of seconds, and I've never cared enough to really ask what happened. Not a hunter but the situation is interchangeable with what a hunter in my part of the country might experience. I always heard stories as a kid of holes in the ground on a certain mountain in NC. I thought they were BS until I went there myself as a preteen. My dad, who always told me the stories, took me to the place. I was instructed to walk carefully with my arms spread out in case I stepped into a hole. After walking for 10 to 15 minutes up a mountainside, my dad told me to stop walking, and then pointed me to one of the holes. I laid down beside the hole with a big, heavy rock, maybe 15 pounds, and dropped it into the hole. I listened for as long as I cared to and never heard any sound of the rock hitting the bottom, or anything. The holes were everywhere. This is a place where you could go missing if your friend turned his back for one second and tunnered back around to find you have disappeared. To this day I'm always worried I might fall down a hole when I'm in the woods. The only explanation I ever got was that these were very old mines. I don't accept that explanation as the holes were just big enough for a man to fit through and, presumably, so deep that high technology would be needed in order to exploit any resources found in the hole. The terrain would be prohibitive to using any modern equipment in the area. Aliens, man. That's what I think. Full disclosure. 
I am not a hunter and heard this story probably fourth or fifth hand. A man in Maine decided in probably the 70s to go out into the woods in the very early morning. Dressed as a bear. He made this whole costume himself with one intent. To find a hunter, and chase him down. He was successful at three things. He made the suit. He found and chased a hunter. He got shot and killed. The hunter wasn't charged with anything by the guy's family. My guess is an assisted self-harm. I would guess the result of chasing anyone with a gun, while dressed as a bear, is pretty clear. My experience wasn't seen. At first, I walk into my swamp for moose hunting, large tracks everywhere in the area going right through. 7 a.m. just as the sun rises I make a female call to try and entice a bull first thing in the morning. I get a response but not the one I wanted. Aru, it echoes off the mountains maybe a kilometer away, then I hear 5, then 10, then maybe 50 all at once, and with every call the howls were spreading wider and closer, and closer, and closer, then silence. At this point I've thoroughly shit my pants and I start leaving the area when I see it, the biggest wolf I've ever seen standing in front of me. I climbed a tree instantly because I knew if I saw one there were 50 circling me. I shot in the air and called my hunting camp to me to scare them off. I thought I was gonna die in the woods that day. I used to hunt pretty regularly in central Illinois. I knew several friends with property that I could hunt on. One buddy owned a property adjacent from a cow pasture and one morning he calls me up and asks if I'll sit in one of his stands on a different corner of the property. It was a 100 acre farm and he had several stands throughout. Unfortunately I already had plans to hunt another farm with another buddy so I couldn't however, I told him if he shot something to call me and I'd help pull it out. Well about an hour in the stand I get a call and it's my buddy, not to tell me he shot a deer but that a bull had gotten loose from the cow pasture and had him squared up. The bull saw him and didn't want to leave until he came down. My buddy's big concern came where the tree he was in wasn't very large in diameter so the tree was swaying. With not a clue of what to do, he waited it out three hours until the bull finally left. Haven't hunted since. I went solo on the South Australia border. Was aiming for a place called Cameron's Corner, basically the border station between three states. There is literally nothing there. Just dust, mulgas, emu and kangaroo. It gets dark and the kangaroo kamikaze starts, so I pull off the dust track, drive maybe a km away from the track, throw the swag down and go to sleep. Woke up sharply around 3 am. The outback is silent at night so sound carries and I distinctly heard a female voice say forcefully say not now like she was pissed off more than scared and then scream louder than I have ever heard anything scream. Obviously I'm an idiot so my rifle is still locked in the case with the bolt out, but I flip on my ute's high beam and drive around for a bit. Never saw anything or any trace but it was the first time I've ever slept next to a loaded weapon. I used to hunt in northern Minnesota, 
Just 20 miles from the Canadian wilderness. The wolf's howling was spooky but you got used to it, howling means that they are far away still. When you start to hear them padding around near you then you get real scared, they aren't howling when they are that close. If they are hunting you they will make very little noise, if they are just looking around then you will hear a few yips and such. Pretty cool. I wouldn't call myself a hunter, but when I was younger in church youth group, our youth pastor took a few of us on a short three-day hunting trip. Teach us basics of rifles and so forth. Our first night was absolutely gorgeous, being that far from light pollution and seeing the stars clearly with a few shooting stars throughout the night was amazing. This is in the Shenandoah, Virginia area. During that night one kid was telling stupid stories about werewolves and other such nonsense that goes bump in the night. He did get real detailed about this creature and what it looked like that lurked in the woods of western Virginia. Anyways in the morning that kid just got real sick and was just throwing up, we were ready to just head back instead his parents came and got him. That night I was once again admiring the sky and stars when I heard shuffling like someone walking but dragging one foot behind, I froze and the youth pastor whipped his flashlight in that direction and we all jumped and screamed when we saw what looked like a short man but had on some mask. It didn't react to the flashlight or our screaming and just walked away. After quite a bit of silence I laughed and said it was just the kid playing a prank on us. The next day we all went home in the evening and I went to congratulate that kid for getting us good but apparently he was in the hospital with some bad infection. To this day when I try to think of what that thing or person looked like I just have a mental block. Western Pennsylvania here. Hunted in the same spot quite frequently. Always felt as if someone was watching me. Never let it bother me though, as my house has strange happenings, so I'm used to anything paranormal. One day I was just sitting and felt the same feeling, but this time it was much worse. Almost like something sinister was watching me, and I had a bad feeling that something was going to happen to me. Just chills up and down my spine. I ended up having enough of it and quickly walked, okay, speed walked, back to my truck and went home. A few days later, I was telling a buddy of mine about what happened, without telling him the location. He immediately said the exact location I was at. Also told my uncle a few days after that, same thing. After doing research online I'm not the only person who experienced those feelings. Several local paranormal groups have reported similar encounters. I was once being stalked by a predator at night while trying to help my uncle find a deer he shot. It was later in the day when the shot was made and due to the brass casing having a small imperfection that cracked it, the shot flew off target and wounded the deer. My dad and I got asked to help find it, so we grabbed our best lights, our rifles and headed over. The area the deer had fled into is a creek with lots of forest around. There is a lot of thickets throughout so it's very easy to become turned around and get lost. Our group of four, my uncle and his brother-in-law, my dad, myself, were looking for any drops of blood but the trail went dead. It was about 8.25 pm when we had to split up, 
and we were very close to calling it quits. I decided to head back a few steps and then double back onto the trail, which set me far from the group. I got turned around and forgot which way I had came, which made me anxious. The whole time I was freaking myself out with thoughts of horror movies and how similar of a feeling it was to this. That's when something began to make a snorting noise, and the bushes in front of me suddenly had a pair of eyes shining back in my flashlight. I freaked out for a second, but I called out to make sure it wasn't anyone in the group. After no response, I took the shot. It was the deer, still laying down wounded with a gut shot from hours earlier. Poor thing was really suffering. Anyways, we had found the deer and I shouted for the group to let them know. At this point, most of the meat was infected by the gut shot, so we decided to take the parts that weren't yet compromised. In the process, a rifle got set down and was accidentally left. That whole time we were focused on trying to hurry and get out, we felt like something was moving slow and as stealthy as possible above us in the trees. It was eerie. No one knew why, but we were just trying to get home free and not worry about it. What was left of the deer would be for the coyotes. Of course we had to return for the forgotten rifle the next day. We followed the same path that we had walked out of, got up to the spot on the creek where the gun was, and suddenly we were frozen in place. Now, my dad and uncle have been around for a long time when it comes to hunting. Usually they have seen a lot over the years, but this time it was a first for both. Coyotes are known for eating animals and scattering the bones as they eat. This was something else. There in the creek was the body of the leftover deer, but it was buried under dirt by huge claw marks. Mountain lion claw marks. I still won't go into the woods at night alone anymore. Last thing anyone wants is to be in the news for being eaten by a mountain lion. I was 14 and on a deer hunt with family. I was the first back to camp. I got my flip phone and wandered up the hill until I found service. I could still see our camp. While I am sitting on a rock texting, I see a Native American man in full dress on a white horse. He is walking towards my camp and towards me. I feel frozen staring at him as he slowly trotted through our camp. He rode his horse about 30 yards from me and stopped to stare back at me. He carried on down an unmarked path outside of camp and nobody believed me when I told them. Young, 11 or 12 me and my best friend R.I.P. in the woods hunting with our pump guns came across a smell. The smell was strong in the creek valley we were in and of course we wanted to see what it was figuring it may be interesting. We are breathing through our mouths to get up to this smell and we see what looks like a man sleeping under a large oak tree. The mane was slumped over away from us not moving as we began to call out to him to maybe wake him up. I not being the smartest pump my BB gun up to max pressure and fire an empty chamber, thinking it would wake him up. He's doesn't move, and he's clearly not hunting in a blue and black jacket with black jeans. We circle the tree and my friend GRHS, knocks him over face up. So hard to write this. Maggots came out of his mouth and I and out of his hood. There was a revolver in his right pale black hand. That's when, I swear we flew back to his parents' house and had his mother call the police. The police came and found the man, 
Ambulance came and gathered up the person. They handcuffed us till they got back with our rifles. Apparently we dropped them in our dash for help. Once they started an investigation we were questioned as though maybe we had did it. I remember crying trying to plead my case about being innocent. Turned out there was a note in the jacket that completely acquitted us and my parents were bullied by the department to forego a lawsuit. It was rough but would I do it again? Lol not without a better written self-harm note. Early morning deer hunt with a buddy out at my grandpa's farm. It's easily two hours before sunrise and we're halfway to our spot when we hear the howling of some coyotes. Being the prepared and professional hunters that we are, we forgot our headlights and at that time felt wind and fur fly past us. We turned and in the moonlight saw easily 15 dogs just staring at us not even 10 feet away. Needless to say we were woke at that point. We all had a stare off until my buddy had the balls to run at them which made them carry on. Not hunting, but fishing. Buddy and I were fishing our secret stream trout spot in northern LP Michigan at 2 a.m. in the morning. Quietest and darkest place you can think of. It is a stream surrounded by grass taller than 5 feet and scattered trees. There's usually an occasional rustling of the tall grass that we presume are rodents and small animals such as beavers and squirrels and such. Night went as it typically does until we hear from about plus slash 50 yards away a very loud and deep screech slash scream that I can only compare to the sound similar to a cat but way more powerful and obviously a lot bigger. We both looked at each other and said let's get the f out of here and left all of our stuff on the spot, chairs, gear, etc. ran the whole way back to the car. Came back in the morning to get our stuff in daylight. Ended up talking to a neighbor of the property a few weeks later about it and he showed us a trail cam picture of his from his property. It was a cougar. We still go back, but always strapped with protection now. I am not a hunter, but this is a story about one of my mom's clients, business unrelated to hunting. People in the area mainly hunt white-tailed deer and turkey when it is in season, but there isn't much past that, as I live in NW Ohio. A couple of years ago, my mom got a call from one of her clients having to cancel their dream vacation. The reason for this is her client's husband was an avid hunter was out looking to bag a deer, but never came home, and his body was found shortly after being reported missing, within a few days irk. This happened probably around 5 to 7 years ago, so my memory is a bit shit. He was hunting on familiar grounds, and was wearing several bright orange pieces of clothing, which were still on his body when found. They believe he was shot in the woods and then his body moved, as it was found in a ditch not too far from the hunting grounds he was in. Obviously foul play is basically guaranteed, but I never heard of any arrests being made, and nothing ever came of it. Scares me that this shit can happen to anyone, even in a fairly urban area. <laughs>